We please talk about UFC Vegas 57, headlined by Mr. Josh Emmett taking on Kelvin Cater. That's a hell of a main event. Really, really nice main event, that one. Uh, there's actually some really interesting fights on this card. It is hella hot today. It is a hot one. I cannot wait to go and crack a nice cold beer. But first, I'm, uh, I've been doing a lot of research in these fights uh, throughout the week. If you're new to this, welcome. If you're a returning viewer, welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Uh, basically, what I like to do with the UFC events is I'm, I'm a massive MMA fan. I'm a huge MMA fan. I, I just, I watch a lot of fights and I like talking about mixed martial arts, which is why I do this. I like to talk into the void because I just, I just like talking about MMA, the UFC in particular, because in my opinion and most of others, it is the premier organization. So what I do is I break down the fights. I have a look at how uh, each fighter in each in each fight uh, that I pick out uh, wins and losers generally uh, opportunities that might be presented by their opponent's style that week and uh, and like I said I put in all the research and then what I do is I look for a bet that's got some nice long odds but generally speaking they won't come off you should definitely take the research into account and make better bets than I do but obviously most of the time the, the odds are quite short on the bets that are going to come off because the bookmakers generally know what they're talking about so but I, what i like to do is i like to keep the stakes low the odds long and the bets terrible because for me it's like i bet purely for fun it's purely for fun and i do do what i like to call an mma scratch card i put all these things together onto an accumulator and uh, yeah then it's like having a scratch card except you get to watch people punch each other in the face whilst you're scratching it off what's not to like about that uh, let me know in the comments what are you doing as your, as your mma accumulators this on this event it's it, i'm always interested to, to see it i'm interested to know so anyway let's get cracking with the burt locker fights in 15 for ufc vegas 57. <laughs> We are going to start off with the people's main event. Now, if you're an MMA fan, a UFC fan, you probably already know which fight I'm talking about. I'm, of course, talking about Donald Cowboy Cerrone taking on Joe Lozon. And this is 155 pounds. That's an important distinction because actually um, important, that's important because Cowboy, he he's not had the best run at welterweight. He tends to go win, loss, win, loss, 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 loss. Uh, anyway, he, he tends to struggle a little bit size-wise because he's a little bit of a tweener, honestly. He's, um, yeah, but he doesn't struggle to make, make weight for 155, so he probably should stay at 155. He tends to have much more success there. Now, you've got Joe Lozon, who needs no introduction to, if you're an MMA fan. He has been going strong since he fought Jens Pulver in his debut. I forget when that was. Probably 2004. Five, I think. I don't know. Either way, it was quite a long time ago. Uh, he, he was instantly on the map because he put on a great performance against Jens Pulver, who's like one of the greatest uh, to ever grace the lightweight division. First ever lightweight champion, I think. And anyway, uh, both of these guys are absolute legends of the sport. And the reason the MMA fans are going to enjoy the hell out of this fight, because finally they're meeting. Uh, to my knowledge, they haven't fought each other before, uh, no, barring grappling contests and things like that, if, if they've even encountered each other there. But to my knowledge, from what I can tell, they haven't fought each other before, which is bizarre, considering how long both of them have been going. And both of them are crowd favourites. Both of them put on exciting fights time and time again. Both of them are just their their kind of um, their pillars of the MMA world. Like everyone knows who they are. If you're if you're an MMA fan, you know who both of these guys are. You're, you're 
more than familiar with them. And they're both coming towards the end of their career, so they're fighting at a point where uh, both of them, they're, they're probably got a handful of fights left each, or, you know, between them. It's, it's going to be a shame to see them hang it up, but it's brilliant that we've got this fight put together. I, can, oh, I cannot, this is, this is my main event. I cannot wait for this one. And the other thing that makes it interesting for me is that there are so many different ways that this one could go. Because I'm going to start off with Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone, obviously, look, he's he's had his share of losses recently. But you've got to remember that he fights anybody, and is and he is more than capable, like, of taking people out. Like his his Muay Thai is fantastic. We know that, right? His grappling is actually a little bit underrated as well. He's very very good at getting those rear naked chokes in. I think. Um, I think he probably, I think he finished Dan Kelly with a rear naked choke. I can't quite remember, but I think that was Cowboy's first fight in the UFC. But you look at who he fought in WEC as well, likes of uh, Benson Henderson. Uh, there's a massive list of guys that he fought in the WEC, where it's like, yeah, he was fighting very high level competition even before he made it into the UFC. And he basically fights killer after killer after killer after killer. And some of the time he sends him back. I think what was it, um, Alex Hernandez? He sent packing fairly recently, and everyone uh, he was a massive underdog, and the, people were thinking, you know, Cowboy's done. But he's 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 not really. He's he's still fighting as good as he ever has done. He just tends to run into these killers from time to time. And the thing I like about Cowboy is he, his striking is so crisp, so good. The only problem is to get to that crispness and the snap and and the speed. He tends to take a little while to warm up. And that could be a real issue against Joe Lozon. Now, Joe Lozon, he can finish a fight from anywhere. He is a finisher as well. He finishes fights. Like, he finishes them early as well. That, that's a key point. Could be a real problem for Cowboy. Because 18 of his 28 wins are not just a finish, a first round finish. And he can get submission. Like, his submission game is brilliant because... It's not like by the book. He, he, he'll he get something and he understands that he has to control another part of the body in order to make sure he keeps that arm or he keeps the head, keeps the leg. You know, I can't remember who he had it on, but he's like, there's, it was like an arm bar to a Kimura. He, he just, he, he had so many options. He always leaves himself with options to progress and go and he flows with it. He's, he's in like a flow state quite a lot of the time. It's the same with his striking as well. You see, like he, he his striking, I would say that technically that Cowboy is probably a better striker. That I don't think, I don't think anybody could disagree with that really. But I think that Joe Lozon He's an effective striker. He 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 covers a lot of distance with his winging hooks. He like and and when he catches somebody, he will when he smells blood, he swarms. He goes in and he will get that finish. He by hook he he'll by any means necessary. He will get in there and he will get that finish. And if he knocks Cowboy down, he's going to be going for those submissions. Um, like I said, the, the main problem I, I see for Cowboy is that, yes, he's a fantastic striker. Six head, head kick knockouts. He's, he's one of the best head kickers in the game, actually. And the way that... It, and it, the reason he's such a good head kicker is because he sets it up. Like, he'll... He, he's actually got a really... He's got really good hands as well. He's got a very good one-two, just like down the pipe. And a lot of the time, like, he, he, he'll... He's got a, a lot of time. He'll use the front high head kick as well. So he's using his front leg. And 
he uses the jab a lot and he'll jab somebody's face off and then what he'll do is when he throws that head kick he'll throw the jab but the leg comes up with the jab so the the fighter will block the will block the punch and then it leaves the opening for the kick or sometimes he'll he'll he's very clever in the way he will use his strikes to maneuver his opponent into putting their head where he wants them to so he can bang land that that high head kick and knock people out very very good with that head kick it's it, he's he's one of the best head kickers in the game however it usually takes him a little while to warm up to that and the problem is people are now very aware of that i'm hoping it's something that cowboy has addressed because if he hasn't then joe lozon is gonna go through him quickly and for me, look, I don't really want to make a pick in this fight because I like both of these guys. Both of these guys are absolutely tremendous fighters. Nothing but respect for both. And you know what? I'll be happy whoever wins. I don't really want to see a loser in this fight. However, I'm here to make picks and I put my money where my mouth is. My biggest problem here for Cowboy is as good of a striker as he is, as well as he hides that high kick, as good as good technically as he is he's a slow starter and i haven't seen any evidence that that's going to change this time joe lozon adversely is a fast starter 18 first round finishes for that reason i am going with joe lozon to get this in the first round now for me Joe Lozon is just so good with his submissions that because that's generally what he'll go for. If he if he gets it, if he stuns somebody with a knockdown, he'll go in and he'll he'll get the choke. He'll grab an arm. He'll do something. So you're getting sevens. That's six to one on the submission. That is a bargain, quite honestly. Terrible bet. Like I said, no, these bets rarely come off. Don't take my advice. You take take what I, take the information I've given you make your own assessment but what i would say is that the submission for joe lozon is an absolute bargain odds wise because he gets a lot of submissions and his submission game is fantastic like really really good like on very high level so i'm taking that that's what's going on my accumulator six to one on the joe lozon submission anytime i would however side note submission round one is 12 to one for joe lozon and i think that is likely what the round that it will occur in but as i say because it boils down to cowboy slow starter lows on fast starter with savage submissions so yeah that's my pick joe lows on submission likely to be in the first round now the next one i'm looking at is going to be tim means against kevin holland in the welterweight division now i've done a fair amount of research on this fight and it's going to be a fun one uh i, I mean there is a clear favourite in this one, and it isn't the Dirty Bird, but the Dirty Bird does have things that he can offer Kevin Holland. Now, this breakdown is exclusive to my Patreon, so head on over to the Patreon if you want to catch this breakdown. We've got the main event, Kelvin Cater versus Josh Emmett at £145. Now, this is really, really interesting, actually, because I've been waiting for Josh Emmett to get this kind of... It, this must be a title eliminator fight, really. Uh, Josh Emmett has just been going through people. Well, was he a tad fortunate against Dan Ige? May I mean, it was a unanimous decision. Uh, it, like, all the judges gave him that last round but it was it was a close nasty fight and josh emmett he has beaten a lot of good people man like shane burgos danny gay michael johnson that knockout of michael johnson was terrific go back and watch that big overhand just just 
turning the lights out. That's what Josh Emmett is very, very good at. He trains out a team alpha male. He has, He's 5'6". He's got a 70-inch reach. So he's going to be at a slight reach disadvantage, I believe. Uh, yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Yes, two inch, two inch reach advantage. Kelvin Cates is slightly taller as well, and Cates is quite good at staying behind. He he throws the jab very well. He's got a very good cross. Like all of his boxing, really, is just very, very good. He's fighting out of that New England cartel, where they tend to have that very good boxing style. Now, uh, obviously, he got the 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 face punched off him by Max Holloway, but Max Holloway is just a beast. I don't think that Josh Emmett's going to be offering the kind of speed, reach, and slickness that Max Holloway offered in that fight. But one thing that he might offer that he that Calvin Cater didn't get against Giga Chikadze is the threat of the takedown. Now, Team Alpha Male, they're very good wrestlers, like very strong guillotines, all of them. And when you combine that with, the, with his looping shots that just turn the lights, he's got ridiculous power for, for, for featherweight, Josh Emmett's like a big, like thick dude. He's got so much power. But it's just whether he can connect with Calvin Cater, who is going to be the slightly better boxer, I believe, and his, and his footwork is going to be a little bit better. But again, the problem is that you've got the threat of the takedown. Now, now what the, the advantage of Josh Emmett's style in the, his looping punches and where his punches come from is that he punches in the same way that he shoots for a takedown, really. He goes nice and low. He's got a very low stance, goes nice and low, and his punches come bang, 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 over the top. Well, more often than not, apart from when he knocked out, but he knocked, well, he knocked down Bectic with a jab, basically. He just, but, but, and that's a testament to the power that Josh Emmett possesses because he knocked out, he, he basically knocked Bectic out with a jab. Like that was what led to the finish because he just boop and Bectic was down. And that's the power that he has in his hand. So what, imagine he does that with a jab. Imagine if he hits you with one of those big loaded up punches. That's why Michael Johnson's lights went out, right? He has got power that must be respected by Kelvin Cater, but Kelvin Cater cannot sleep on that power or he will be going to sleep. That's, that's a fact. The problem here is Case is a very slick boxer. I don't think that, that Emmett is going to be slick enough on the feet to be to to just stand and box with Calvin Cater. But I don't think he's going to honestly. I think he's going to mix in those takedowns because this is the problem that one thing that Cater might have is he might be thinking, okay, like you know, he's not going to try and stand with me. So there's every chance he's going to try and wrestle me. And that's when the hands are going to go down. And that's the advantage of, of the wrestlers using those big looping shots. It's why a lot of the time they have so much success with them. Because a lot of fighters will think, oh God, he's shooting him for a takedown. But he throws his punches the same way he shoots him for takedowns. And for that reason, those hands go down. You eat one of those shots. That's it. You're done. Lights out. And that's where Josh Emmett has found so much success, especially recently. You've got to feel like at 37 years old, Emmett is kind of nearing, not the end of his career, but he's definitely got to, if he's going for the title, it needs to realistically start being now, especially at featherweight. 37's getting up there for a featherweight. And, you know, it's, Case is not a spring chicken either, really. He's 34. That's, you know, for a featherweight, that's not young. And but this boils down to can Emmett vary his attacks with the wrestling enough to catch Cater sleeping and put him to sleep. And for me, 
I think if you want to place a bet that's going to come off, you need to take Kelvin Cater by decision. That's honestly the most likely outcome, but the odds reflect that. The odds are fucking garbage on that bet. And I don't like placing safe bets. For me, I'm rolling the dice on Josh Emmett being able to vary his attacks just enough to kind of disrupt the rhythm just enough so that when he fakes that takedown shot and loops over the top with that big swinging overhand left, he catches Kelvin Cater, and with that power that Josh Emmett possesses, puts him to sleep. That is what my money is going on. That's a terrible bet. Like I said, the safe bet, Cater, by decision. But me, I'm not going with the safe bet. I'm taking Josh Emmett by knockout. Should be a really fun fight, this one, whichever way it goes. Big respect to both guys. I'm a big fan. So I'm putting all those bets onto my bet slip together. So you're taking uh, Joe Lozon to get the submission anytime. You've got Kevin Holland to get the finish over Tim Means. Uh, so that's just a submission knockout TKO. And then you've got Josh Emmett to get the knockout. Altogether, that is 87.50. That is my MMA scratch card for the week. And it is a terrible bet. But as I always like to do, I keep those odds long and those bets terrible. So uh, yeah, I'll be doing a recap of this event uh, next week uh, where I'll have a look at how my bets did, have a look at maybe who who the winners and losers from the night of fights, which should be a really good night of fights that I'm very much looking forward to. So until next time, keep those odds long and those bets terrible.